0: a prayer
1: yes sir kind father in Jesus name thank you for all you have done for us and our family member yes we celebrate your faithfulness to us Mm -hmm. and we also father thank you for the glorious event that the overseer and his team did with the children on Friday night Yes, God, yes. we love you and we praise you and we worship you for the things that you have done for the children and going to continue to do more things for them. Father, forgive us for our sin of omission and commission in the mighty name of Jesus. God, continue to bless the overseer over this ministry and his yes. family member. Open up doors for this ministry as you have done before. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, do not let us get any backlashes from this prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
2: Amen, yes.
0: hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, the thing is, uh, I really like mm-hmm. all of you continue to talk. There's no problem, but we would just like, <laughs> you know, started. But uh, um, the thing is that, uh, you know, I really believe very strongly that, uh, you know, um, as, as we continue to worship him in praises, when we open our mouth and praise, it, just as the word says, uh, He will fill our mouth with the goodness. Yes. Right?
1: yes. And,
0: and, and the thing is that uh, you know, the, I really don't want us to be boxed to say like, uh, oh, eight fifteen to eight thirty is just a praise <laughs> time. You know, I just don't want to box us <laughs> like that. If there are more <laughs> praises, I really, you know, I don't, I don't really need to preach or, or meditate on anything. You know, just this just the being in the presence of God and just like yes. that, you know, praising mm-hmm. him is mm-hmm. worth yes. There are two yes, things Lord. that the enemy is scared of. There's number one, he's scared of the blood of Jesus. Revelation yes. says that he's scared of the blood. And the second thing he's scared of, the enemy is scared of, is the mm-hmm. is testimony of his pains.
2: Thanks. Amen. Mm-hmm.
0: Because the words can be interpreted, words can be changed, words can be said, like, oh, mm-hmm. even, even the, the enemy uses the word when he took a Jesus after fast, 40 days of fasting. He just mm-hmm. took the word and just like, you know, he kind of like a quoted the word to Jesus mm-hmm. himself. Right, mm-hmm. he quoted Psalm ninety, he quoted all these verses, right? He knows mm-hmm. the word, mm-hmm. uh, and so he can work around the word, but when we open our mouth and say, "This is what my God has done for me, that enemy mm-hmm. has no answer. This is personal yeah, this yeah. is you know something nobody can take it away from me I I,
2: So
0: you. if there is anyone on the line that has a praise, please go ahead.
3: Yes, I have a praise this
0: morning. Go ahead. Yes, Miss Barbara. Good
3: morning, everybody. I have a praise this morning. I just want to give God the glory and just thank Him and thank you all. And I just want to say, um, to Cyril on Friday night, it was an amazing, amazing program, and I thank you all for the invitation. Thank you, Sarah, for sending the link that I was able to come on to be a part of the program. I am just so happy because I have been praying for Chiron, um just for God to calm his spirit and when I saw him walk up to receive his reward and he was just a different person. He was just so matured and so intelligent and just awesome. It was just, it was a different kid. And Mm -hmm. it was just a blessing to see how this child, um, just that little while, how being in college and being a part of 226 and the impression that you all has placed on this kid and what amazing things it is doing for this child. And you just don't know. It is such a blessing because what I saw when I first saw this child, I know where this child was heading. And this child has great potential, and he's going to use it to the fullest, and he's going to do great work for God. I'm telling you. So you all are doing a good thing, and please continue to do what you're doing for him because he's going to do great things. He's going to be a great minister in the field of helping other children to come through to do exactly what you all are doing for him. He's going to bring other kids through. And I just want to say thank you all, and I thank God to the
0: highest for what he's doing, how he's using you all. God Ms. Barbara, Ms. Barbara, I told that we were driving him home last night, I mean, yesterday afternoon. I told him about you, that you are praying for him. Yes. And, you know, in his own way, he was just responding, man, I just need her number. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Wonderful. And please, there are, you can provide
2: her I will give it to him, and yes. he will. Give, I will give it to Cyril, and he will give it to
3: to your boy, your young man, geez, <laughs> <you're> your
2: young man.
1: <laughs> yes,
3: he is welcome to call me anytime. <laughs> anytime, you know how I feel about children. Never oh, okay. come. Anytime. Thank yes. <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah. hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And right now, you know, I need some tissue paper, some toilet paper. I have a whole roll. I have some box. <laughs> yeah. and,
4: uh, hi, this is, um, this is Katina. Uh-huh. So I wanted to uh, piggyback off of Barbara um, as she was talking about Kevon. And, you know, it's really rare these days when you encounter um, young children who are selfless. And Kevon has a very selfless spirit. He don't. He, yes, doesn't he doesn't think about himself. He is always thinking about other people and thinking of mm-hmm. ways that he can make other people feel good about themselves. And that's um, a very rare quality to have because if I had a, a penny for every time that I heard that I was selfish growing up, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but, um, but you just don't find that, uh, you know, as generations come and go, you know. And so that's a very, very rare and special quality for him to have. And, um, you know, he takes the time out to text me, you know, every now and then and ask me, how is school going? Because he remembered, he listened to me, and he actually remembered that I said that I was in college and, you know, I was taking a rough class this semester. And he texted me. He takes, you know, apart from what he's going through in his course studies, he thinks about me. And he will text me every now and then and say, how is school going? How is your day going? And that is really, really special. You know, so he, um, he's yes. definitely, um God has really, really, um got his hands on him and, and he is, um he's such a, a, a beautiful person and we'll just continue to lift him up and encourage him in any way that we can to help him get to where he where God has for him to go. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. Praise the Lord.
5: He talked good about you too, Katina. Um, you know, he told me yesterday morning, this is Brendan, you know, we had the awesome privilege of eating breakfast at Cyril's house. And I was first introduced to Indian food. But um but Kayvon talked so much about you and Dale Tina, you know, he is real re- really very excited and appreciative of the time, you know, you guys took with him to really get him into school at the last minute. He said that when he went to some counselors at the school, you know, they were looking at him like he was crazy, and they were like, what are you doing here? It's too late for this. It's too late for that. He said, but you and Dale really pushed and You guys helped him get to where he is today, and he is so grateful to you. You know, he is very thankful that, you know, you guys took the time to show him love and to guide him and to get him where he is now in college mm-hmm. along with the Proverbs.
4: Lord. Well we just right. did what what God would allow us to do. And um although we weren't able to tune in on, on Friday, you know, we were there in spirit. Um we had conflict but um but um, we're just eternally thankful. And Dale was talking. He was like, you know, maybe we might can invite him up and let him come spend some time with us. I said, ho 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 ho! I, said, I don't think we can do all of that. <laughs> I said, I said, but what I think we. We might be able to do, is maybe when we would go down to South Carolina again, we could maybe drive to Spartanburg and take him to lunch or something so, you know, we could meet him in person. I said, but I don't think we can. I said, we got guidelines Athena. and rules here. I
0: don't think we can. <laughs> Athena, <laughs> Athena, I, what I thought he was living in Spartanburg, right? And I drove thinking he's in Spartanburg on 85. After eighty-five, he's in Jonesville. It's just like a for next thirty minutes, you're on an internal road going through.
2: (laughs) Okay, yeah, it's like Joanna and and Greenville, you know, or Joanna and Spadberg, you know. But I always say Joanna. He should have said I'm in Jonesville, but that's life. (laughs) Praise Mm the Lord, I'm here using my tissue. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And for those who were on here, I'm going to be another grandmother. My middle son is going to have a boy. The reveal was yesterday. Oh, wow. Congratulations.
4: Congratulations. Yes.
2: I'm I'm praying for the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I want God to know, but he knows. I'm praying for the wedding, but I'm not being... Um, I'm not pushing, I'm not meddling, so that's a blessing for me,
0: <laughs> right. yeah. and I'm
2: not meddling.
0: <laughs> Sarah, he's not ready to give up his rib, that's the problem. <laughs>
2: that's what, he needs to give that rib-up. <laughs> Another blessing is Gail is here this morning listening with us. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning. Gail. And um she's gonna be leaving to get down to our church though about nine thirty, I guess or so. So she's gonna be here for a little bit. Okay. Praise God.
5: I give God all honor and praises this morning for um for just everything for a new day, for his blood covering,
2: mm-hmm. for
5: um his mercy, for his grace. I thank God for the for the weekend I had. Um It was awesome. I hadn't been any place in a long time with the prison ministry to do anything, none of our past. And to be among the saints Mm -hmm. on Friday night, it was such an awesome experience. I mean, from being picked up by Carlette and being in the company of Anita and her daughter... You know God is just so good, God is yes, just so is. good. you know who would have known you know he does God doesn't do anything happen mm-hmm. and everything is planned with a purpose, and mm-hmm. the company that I was in this weekend it was for god for the- for the the purpose that God has in my life.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, my
5: company was just extraordinary. I got to meet Vince. hello Vince. I got to see Vince in person Good and um I got to I I got to meet so many different people that, you know, we just talked to online and haven't met in person. And I just thank God for the journey, for my journey, for where I am and him. You know, to whom much is given, much is required. And I thank God that in the midst of my trials and my tribulations and my tests, God is still in control. And it's Amen. all working together for my good,
2: Amen. because
5: I love the Lord and I'm called according to His purpose. And I just Amen. thank God today. I just thank Him for everything. I'm just. I came home yesterday and I didn't realize that I was so tired. I had so many missed calls. Call after after you text me. I didn't wake up again until this morning about four thirty. But God <laughs> is just so good.
2: He's just so good. You know. Um, yes, I went straight to sleep myself.
5: I just can't thank him enough for this ministry. I just can't thank him enough. you know when I was called in the ministry i you know I told you guys, as far as I could see, it was Leeds Avenue, but this ministry has opened up a horizon that I thought was never possible, mm-hmm. that I never even mm-hmm. thought about. you know God has you know um arranged it that I could meet so many influential people in you know, just get prayers from people that I've never known. I'll never forget that prayer yesterday morning, Cyril, from, what's his name? David or Dan?
0: David. Yeah, David.
5: David. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. God has us in the palm of his hand, y'all. That's all I can say. He has us in the palm of his hand. And his purpose for our life is good, a purpose to give us hope and an expected end and I just yes. thank him so much this morning for the way I am in him. Yes. Thank him for zero. Yes. Thank him for the first call that I got years ago to bring my grandchildren into the prison ministry. I just thank God so much because he has everything concerning us arranged and planned out. And we just don't know the impact that, you know, God has on us when we meet other people and hear out people, other people's mm-hmm. story and how God just put us together when we're hurting and with the same mm-hmm. circumstances. And we don't know until we tell our story how mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. other people to pray through the same things and how we're able to just encourage one another mm-hmm.
6: and just to pray mm-hmm. for
5: one another. And I just thank God so much for that. I thank mm-hmm. Him for his plan for my life. Even though it's not over, and I don't know what to expect in the next hour. I just thank him because God has everything mapped out, and it's for a purpose. And it's a purpose yeah. to give us hope.
2: Yeah. And a
5: future um, in him. And you know. I just thank, I thank Brenda, you
0: for all of you. Yes, here Brenda, the thing is that, uh, you know, even on our way to the airport, uh, David was talking about you. Right, and the, and the thing is this, you know, there was this man named Grant that showed up, right?
5: Yes. For
0: the breakfast, he couldn't come the previous night, he showed up. And then, you know, here's the text that he sent afterwards. He said, I can't stop thinking about, you know, Kiwan and uh-huh. Brenda and others. I realized on my way home, that I worry about and I'm plagued by very insignificant things. God and His grace, love and power is all that ever, ever matters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Yeah. So yeah. the thing is yeah. like uh, each of us are putting medicine on someone that is next to us.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. this is very symbiotic relationship that we are just like uh, lifting each other up and uh, Sometimes you know um, what Grant could not take it, Miss Brenda, is that uh, he couldn't take your tears. Mm-hmm. He will never forget. You will never forget mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. his life because uh, you know he needed that yesterday morning more than mm-hmm. you needed that tears, Miss Brenda.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There are things that are going in his life uh, that needed to see your tears yesterday morning for his healing. you, Lord.
2: Hallelujah.
3: Thank, Thank you, Lord.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: God Amen.
2: is so good.
5: When I mean, he brings but us together, is, um, you know, as for his purpose and we don't go through for ourselves. You know, just yeah, like know. you said that, you know, Graham needed my tears. You know, we don't go through for ourselves. When we open our mouth and share, we overcome by the words of our testimony and our testimony helps other people. Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll never
5: know how much we impact people's lives until Sometimes when we get to glory and that person will be able to tap us and say, I remember when you said what you said, and that really mattered to me. That helped me. Mm -hmm. So I just Mm thank God for just not being ashamed to testify. I mean, Mm -hmm. I opened up yesterday. What I had been battling with Cyril, that has been on me for about the past two or three weeks, and it was a heavy load. And it did me good yesterday just to unload. I mean, I Um, felt like feather after I had told my story and cried, you know. I felt like featherweight, you know. And I thank God so much for the release, for the release of what I was holding in and trying to deal with on my own with him. But sometimes we just, you know, a lot of people don't want to say things, you know, they're ashamed of what, People don't think about Mm -hmm. you after you open your mouth and share, but I thank God for my boldness to testify.
2: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because it helps other
5: people. It helps other people. And I thank God for that this morning.
4: If I can really quickly, um, this is Brenda's daughter. Um, You know, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that word boldness, Mom, because as you were talking, there were two words that came to my mind, boldness and joy. (laughs) And a few months ago, you, you to me, as your daughter, I, I, I was praying for joy and praying for boldness for you, and you didn't even know. And I thank God today that he is now showing me that he is a God that he never, ever not answers our answer prayers. You know, I wanted to be there this weekend, but I knew that it was something holding me back saying, let her go and let her receive what she needs to receive. This is for her. This is for your mom. And I am so glad that you received the joy and you received the boldness and you received the relief that you needed to receive without me feeling like I needed to fix everything for you. Because I started feeling like, okay, something is lacking from her. She's just not joyful. She seems down. She seems sad. She seems like she's just not, you know, um, sure of anything anymore and I just started to pray and I started praying for joy and praying for boldness for you and I'm so glad that he even gave you an an even extra something that he gave you the relief that you needed and I didn't have anything to do with it only thing I did was pray for it but sometimes as the oldest daughter I feel like I always got to have my hand in the pot stirring and mixing and trying to fix stuff needing stuff you know and that's (laughs) pressure that's a lot of pressure, you know, and when you yeah. feel like you, whatever it is, that your words aren't helping, your encouragement's not helping, looks like your prayers isn't even being answered sometimes. But, oh, God always steps in. And he shows you exactly when the time is right. I heard you, daughter. I got this. I'm fixing it. I'm working it out. And I thank him. My testimony this morning is thank you. Thank you, God, for restoring her joy. Thank you, God, for giving her peace again. Thank you, God, for giving her boldness today. Thank you, God, for making her a new garment on today. You can now put on your new garment and put on your new shoes, wrap it up, and and walk boldly, my sister. Walk boldly. Thank you, Lord.
5: Thank you,
2: Jesus. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Any other praise item? All right, I'm going to put on.
1: The conference has been muted.
0: Miss Vera, you can put yourself on mute as well. Good morning, everyone. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day. Father, we thank you for, um, you know, bringing us together this morning and helping us to just like, uh, you know, open our hearts before you. Father God, this morning, I pray that the, even the words that we speak, Father God, will come and minister to us in ways, Father God, in places that we don't have, Father God, a view into. God, I just pray that you will anoint the words coming out of my mouth this morning. That it will become words of healing, words of hope, words of encouragement to somebody that is just like a longing for this morning. God, it is not about like a, what we say, but it's about like a, who you are in our midst. Father God, show us real in our life. We would, Father God, will hold on to you every step of our journey. Give clarity, Father God, in our lives. Answer all our questions, Father God. Heal every sickness. Answer the next 30, 40, an hour, whatever time that we spend here. God, help us to leave our burdens behind so we can actually listen to your voice this morning. We are eager to listen to your voice, Father God. We surrender ourselves into your mighty hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, for you glory. Amen. This morning, I know we've been, we've been studying on the miracles of Jesus. There is like a, um, so many miracles that are written in the Word. Uh, in fact, um, the Bible says they did not even record every miracle Jesus did. There's only a few of them that were recorded by the, the Gospels. And we also are studying on the parallels to the miracles that happen in the life of Jesus versus what are some of the miracles similar to that that happened in the Old Testament days, what Elisha did, what Elijah did, right? And the thing is, the miracle is not about like, oh, it is like um, something good happens to somebody. Like when we hear the miracle like someone's eyes getting opened or their hands getting cured or their, um, their bodies raised from being dead and so on. It's, it's really nice to hear those kind of things, but to that person, to the one who cannot see, to the person who cannot walk, to the person who's hurting, to the person that, that was leprosy, that had leprosy, for that person, it's not miracle. It's not a miracle. It's it's a breakthrough in his life. It's a breakthrough from a stronghold. His life is changed forever. Her life is changed forever. Their life is restored. We don't really realize, for example, like you get hurt uh, in your hands, uh, possibly in your right hand or a left hand. Only then you'll realize how important your right hand is Up until that point, it becomes like a normal thing for you. Until your eyes are hurting, until there is like a mouth sore in your mouth, until your ears are hurting, you really don't think about it, right? But think on all these people that we are studying this last couple of weeks. The person with leprosy, there is no way that he could get out of it. That was a terminal disease in the days of the Bible, right? And the people who were born blind from their birth. It was like permanent. But today, God has a message. Through those miracles, through those outbreaks, through those strongholds being remo- removed, he has a message for us. And so this morning, we're going to look at the, some of those miracles that happen. but very specifically, I want to pick on the on the verses that we did on John chapter 9, where we studied about this man that was blind from his birth, but at the end of it, Jesus talks something very specific. He's talking about like the blindness. He's not talking about the physical blindness being removed, right? And, and, and so here this morning, we're going to talk about opening our eyes. Is there any blind spots in my life? Right? Because of the blind spots that the blind man had, even after he was cured from the blindness, God still had something more for this man. Right? And the Bible says in Luke chapter four, eighteen, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is like a Jesus speaking, right? Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim the release of the captives. And recovery of the sight to the blind. He's not talking about the physical blindness. He's talking about the spiritual blindness that we sometimes have. You know how, like uh, we have some of us, like including me, we don't have a 20/20 vision, right? And so we go to the doctor and they give glasses. If anyone on the line is wearing a glasses, or if you have like a contact, you know. When you remove the glasses, you start to see things a little bit blurry, right? And that's because we don't have a clarity on what we are trying to see. And here, God's not talking about that blurriness, but there are times that we run into problem not realizing that we don't have a vision of like what God sees at that moment in time. Today, we have amazing machines available to see things right uh when when people go to the war the army men have like a, a special type of night vision goggles so they can see things clearly when it is dark where the enemies are there are some infrared goggles that are out there when when you wear those kind of goggles you can actually see the, the, the body heat can expose where the people are, even within the darkness, even if they are hiding from somewhere. You can actually see through the infrared darkness, and you have x-rays. Like if you have ever traveled these days through an airport, you just like go through an x-ray machine, they can see everything, you know, behind your skin. That You know, there's so many modern equipments that are out there to see things. But that's not what God's talking about. When he's talking about opening a spiritual eye, there is something more. In fact, Paul prays this in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, enlightened, right? Flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope the divine guarantee, the confident expectation that which he has called you. What Paul's saying here is that he's praying that, that our eye, the eyes of our heart, will be opened, that God will show some light, that we will be able to see something that we haven't been able to see through our naked eyes. Right? It's like a God saying, "I'm going to give your eyes to the areas that you have actually had blind spots on. Today we're going to see about four people where God worked on their eyesight. Okay? The first one, and we will see what the truth behind them. The first one I want to go to, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Second Kings chapter six, verses eight through seventeen. Second Kings chapter six. It's a great place for you to go. It comes after 1 Kings, 2 Kings, chapter 6. I'm going to read from verses 8. Now, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I'll set up my camp in such and such place. So this is like a war strategy. The the enemy nation to Israel is that the king of Syria is just like a trying to have to capture the king of Israel, right? So they've already sent the spies over. They know where he's taking bath. They know where he takes the walk every day. They know exactly what his routines are. So the spies have told him. So in order to kill this king, He puts the camp, he puts like a bunch of people in those places so he can get hold of this king, right? The man of God, here it's talking about Elisha, right, sent word to the king of Israel. So while these people are trying to figure out how to kill this king, right, the prophet gets the message from God and he sends it over to the king of Israel saying, beware of passing that place. You are going through. Be careful when you're going for a bath, when you're talking to these people. Don't go alone by yourself. He's just giving all these messages on this road between 485 and 26. There is a group of people waiting for you. Right? So there's a clear message that's been given to him. Because the Armenians are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place. Here's the thing. The king just didn't take the word of the prophet. He sends somebody to check the place, indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elijah warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. This enraged the king of Syria. He summoned his officers, so he says, okay, let me get the, the crew here Let's go to the war room. Let's talk through this, right? So he brings all the officers, and he demanded them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. He's asking them, is there any spy sitting in my boardroom? Because I brought you guys here in confidence. I'm telling you a strategy before I can put my hand on the sky, He's getting the message, right? So one of his generals, pulls up his courage, and he says, None of us, my lord, the king, said, one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very word you speak in your bedroom. He's saying to the king, King, don't think that you know any one of us is making this mistake. If you say something in your bedroom, in your private room, this guy who's sitting thousands of miles away, he can hear you, right? So the king said, go find out where he is. The king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. So the, the spies came back and said, this guy, Elisha, he is in a place called Dota, right? Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. Think about it. He's sending horses, chariots, and strong forces to capture one guy, right? They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up, so in the morning, probably while the prophet is still sleeping, his servant wakes up and he opens his window. When he opens his window, and sees outside, right, in the morning, an army with the horses and chariots had surrounded that city. Oh, my God. Right? He's just seeing, and he's just like a running over his master and saying, what shall we do? Right? He's scared this many people to kill two people in that house, right? And the prophet answers him very calmly, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Isn't that the truth? You and I think that we are alone in the battles. A lot of times we walk this life thinking that only, you know, you are the only one that's going through that issue, or you are the only one that has this problem, and that nobody understands this issue. Nobody can even come close to me but just like what the prophet is saying here, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Know this for sure. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then Lord opened the eyes of the servant, opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around Elijah. There was like an army of chariots and horses that was surrounding the prophet Elijah. He didn't see through his naked eyes. When his spiritual eyes were open, he was able to see what God has placed around the prophet Elijah. That's why the prophet wasn't afraid. The prophet wasn't taken by surprise. When prophet saw the army, he didn't see that army. Prophet saw the army of God that was surrounding him, that was protecting him. The thing is this, right? The truth of the matter is this. We need to have our spiritual eyes open. This is the number one truth I wanted to share this morning. We need to have our spiritual eyes open to see that God is working on our behalf even before we know about our problem. God's working on our behalf. Even before you actually put your hand on the plow, he's working on your case. Even when you don't hear God speaking, God's working on your behalf. So yesterday, here's what happened. We had a chance to go to Jonesville, and uh, we had a chance to meet with, uh, you know, uh, the grandmother of Kiwan. Right? She's such an amazing woman. I, I haven't seen her in like a six or eight years, and so it was like a, a really nice to see her. But the thing is this, while she was originally coming out of the house, she didn't want to shake her hands. So she said, like, oh, COVID, I don't want to do anything. As she was talking, right, something stuck for her, and so she went and got, like, a mask, and she came and she hugged us and, and talked to us for, uh, for, uh, in length. One of the things that she said is, oh, I'm so glad you are in Kiwan's life. I'm so glad that Katina and Gail are doing such a great job for Kivan. She was just in all praises for them, right? And the word that she said is, I'm glad you are in Kivan's life. It just took me for a second to go, you know, on, on a trail of thoughts 40 years ago. So we're talking about like a Kivan needing help today for going to school. But because God had Kiwan in his plan, right, 40 years ago, he pushed on a woman named Annie Graham in North Wales, Australia, to send some money over to a kid in India, right, so he can go to school in India and come to this country to become a senior vice president at Bank of America. Then, in that journey, God puts his vision and takes him through this because God is slowly revealing his plan because all throughout he's conspiring to help Kivan. He wants to make sure Kivan gets his help while his father is not able to. In fact, while we were driving. He was talking to his father. He was proudly telling his dad he won the award. And he was telling him what all happened in Charlotte. And that he was just telling with all the joy. But I was thinking to myself that it is because of Kivan that God allowed all these things to happen. If nothing happens with Proverbs 2 to 6 tomorrow or today, we're still fine because God's already executed what he wanted to execute in the life of the children like a Kiwan, in the life of children like a DJ. And the thing is that we don't really need any more of the things done by God anymore. Whatever he needs to do, he has already done it for us on the cross. If nothing he does from here, we're still fine because he has made a way for us to be saved and salvaged from this earth to live with him for eternity. This life of ours is not enough to know how much God is planning on your behalf and my behalf. This morning, it's almost like a goddess saying to somebody on this line that is fighting with God, not knowing what's next. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to strengthen you this morning saying, he's at work, even though you don't hear, even though you feel like your prayers are not being answered, even though you don't see that visibly acting on your life, even though you don't see your marriage being fixed, or even though you don't see your body being healed, or even though you don't see these things happen in your life, know this for sure. The God whom we worship is at work. The, one of the main reasons that he has to open our eyes is because we need to see the chariots that are surrounding us. Sometimes the burdens of our life is so heavy, we forget to see how much of work that God has already put and putting in our life. The angels are surrounding us. Throughout the mountain, there are angels out there. And that's why the prophet is praying, God, open the eyes of my servant. And when his eyes opened, he saw clearly. This morning, my prayer for each and every one of you on this line is this. In the midst of your problem, let God open your spiritual eyes to see the horses and chariots of fire that is surrounding you, the angels that are surrounding you, the guardian angels that are surrounding you, the things that you may not even know when you're getting on the road and how it is just like helping you to get from A to B, not knowing how many different accidents that God has already stopped from happening in your life. The second person that I want to look at is Hagar. If you have your Bible, let's go to Genesis chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. Genesis 21, verses 15 through 19. It's talking about the woman that we have already seen. This is Hagar. Hagar, just a quick background. Hagar is a servant of Abraham and Sarah. And that uh, she was chased by... She wasn't chased at this point. She was running away from her his her master's house and she was running so far in the desert there was a point in time that she couldn't find water, right? And because they couldn't find the water, her son was almost on the dying state, right? And the water the Bible says in the verse fifteen, the when the water in the skin was all gone, Hagar abandoned the boy Hagar abandoned the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat opposite to him about a bow shot away. Meaning like when you, when you, you know, like a, put a bow and like a shoot it, you know, the farthest that it can go. So she can just go as far as that. And she's sitting there. She's not leaving. But she couldn't see her son die. But here's what she's saying. She was praying and asking God, do not let me see the boy die. This is desperation. See, the thing is, when we go through the problem, I'm not talking about like, oh, my tooth is aching. My body's aching. I couldn't get my gas. I'm not talking about that. This is like a life or death kind of a problem. There's nothing that I can do, God. My son is dying right in front of my eyes. I cannot do anything about it. And she sat down opposite him. She raised her voice and wept. This is just like a very poor translation in English. Here it says she raised her voice and wept. She would have just like a cried, pouring her heart before God, saying, God, I've done everything I can. There's nothing more I can do. I've done everything for my son. I've done everything for my daughter. I've done everything for my husband. I've done everything that I can. I cannot do any more. There is no energy I have left behind. My body is just groaning. I'm weak and I'm just not able to handle. That's what is worse to say. Because she was just like pouring her heart before God. The Bible says God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Jesus, she's crying, and angels asking, what is bothering you? Why are you crying so hard? I'm not able to sleep here in heaven. Your voice is just bothering me. Shh, don't talk. Right? That's what the angel saying. What troubles you? Right? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy From where he is resting, get up, help the boy up, and hold him by the hand. I will make him a great nation. Then this verse comes. The Bible says, and God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the empty skin with water and gave the boy a drink. The water and the well was very next to her. She didn't see until God opened her eyes. She was crying out for her son, not for herself. The Lord heard even the boys cry. That's what the Bible says because his mother is interceding for him. The intercession is a powerful weapon. Of warfare if you are interceding for someone know this for sure there is not going to be an angel that's going to rest in heaven not listening to your voice right God will certainly open our eyes on behalf of the person we are praying for how much more powerful profound and beautiful this whole scene is think about it she is praying for her son while God is hearing her son's prayers, right? God is opening her eyes to help her, her son by showing her the, the water, the well. Here's the truth number two. We need to have our spiritual eyes open to see what God wants to be do, done in our life. It doesn't matter that the that, that boy's name is Ishmael, that the nation of uh, you know Islamic faith is going to come. If God wants to do what he wants to do, he's going to do no matter what. We cannot put God in a box. He's going to do whatever he wants to do to make his glory revealed. But here's the important part. He opened the eyes of the mom and showed her the help, the grace that she needed for that day. The thing is this, like a, we think of this story like a, happening like a five, six thousand years ago happened, but think about it. It is real for us even today. Unless God opens our spiritual eyes, we may not even know the help that is next to us. Help is very next to us. We won't even know because God has left, or the enemy has tried to blind our eyes from seeing the help and God has to wipe that eyes clean so you and I can see the help that is next to us. The third person that I want to see is Moses. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15. I'm going to read from verses 22 to 25. Let me give a very quick background of this. The children of Israel have left Israel. I mean, they left Egypt. They had 400 years of slavery left coming out. And uh, right when they came out of Egypt, they faced with the first challenge, which is the Red Sea. And uh, right at that point, God just like a you know opened the Red Sea. They just like a went through, and there was just this just the joy that happened. Why? Because there are three miracles that actually happened when God opened the Red Sea. Right when Moses stretched out his hand, right he stopped the water from flowing. That's one miracle. And the Bible says they walked on a dry land. Can you imagine if there was a water in that place for years and years and years, that land has to be wet. But God says, my children have to walk through this road. Let me make that place dry, the second miracle. And then the third one, he drowns the Egyptian army. So three miracles, spectacular miracles that the people have seen, right? And their hearts. And, and their minds were probably thinking, oh, my God, the God is just helping me, right? But after they left the Red Sea, after all this jubilation, they were walking in the desert, right? For three days, right, they couldn't find any water. And that's where this scene is starting in verse 22. Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. Shur means wall. Right? F H U R Shur sure means wall, right? They run into a wall. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Mara, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is the place. That is why the place is called Mara, a place of bitterness. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord opened Moses' eyes and showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. The bitterness was removed. Right. The thing is this. It is very hard to survive without water. And they, they were just like a traveling and traveling. Can you imagine? You're you're walking. There are nearly two million people are walking in this desert, right? Approximately two million people were walking, and for three days they didn't find water. Not only for them, but also for their livestock, their horses, their their cows, and their whatever they were carrying with them. They couldn't find water for them. So it's not just like a you who can console your child, saying, "Oh, there is no water. Come on, let's go find them." How can they tell an animal, "Oh, you're going to find the water. Just keep walking," right? And they, they probably their, their pals were not walking, and so they have to drag. So it's like a you know real problem for these guys, right? Sometimes in this life, it feels like we have hit the wall. The enemy has made you mad, upset, bitter, and frustrated. You prayed and prayed, and you didn't find an answer. You walked and asked God for a question. I mean, asked for an answer, and you walk away with a question. You're thinking about someone who did wrong to you like several months and years ago. It's just all of a sudden, when you're going through this problem, that person comes back to your mind, and it's just like aggravates you. This has nothing to do with the problem you're facing. But it's just like the, something that happened in the past. Now your heart is just like a heavy and bitter. The uninvited bitterness has found ways in your home. Because of this bitterness, you're actually yelling at your husband. You're yelling at your wife. You're yelling at your son. It has nothing to do with them. It's just like something that happened somewhere else, right? But here's the thing. The children of Israel, they were, they were running into a problem, and we will do this as a separate message, but they were in a place right now, they were having difficulty following the instructions of Moses. So it's not just the water is their problem. Their problem is that, that Moses is the only one talking to God. I'm not able to talk to God. Why should I follow this guy? He just came from... You, you know, he's the father-in-law's house, and he's telling us, we actually went through, how, well, this guy doesn't even know what I'm going through, why should I just listen to this guy? Because he doesn't have no clue what I've been through for 400 years, and now he's telling me to walk, he's telling me to sit down, he's camped here, he's just going to tell us where to go. They're having problem with the Moses and his direction, right? And that's what's causing bitterness. And now they're running into a place where they're finding some water but when they're drinking that water the water is bitter. It's not drinkable. right? The Bible says in Hebrews 12, verse 14 and 15, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Sometimes you feel like you're, you're in a place where it just hurts you because you helped somebody and they didn't help you back when you were in trouble. The bitterness starts to sink in. And God is saying, I'm going to move you forward. But because you are so bitter in your heart, I cannot take you to the promised land. And here's the thing. God wants to open your eyes and my eyes. Sometimes, this is the truth number three. He wants to open our spiritual eyes so that we can handle life's bitter waters. We need to handle we need to be able to handle the conflict with God on our side. Sometimes you cannot fight this battle on your own. It's going to, you know, make you weak. It's going to make you lean. It's going to make you just like a go through things that you really don't want to go through. And God is saying this morning is somebody on this line, if your prayers are not being answered, look closer to your heart. Is there a heart of bitterness that is in your heart this morning and that you want to shun that away? The one thing I want to say, I don't know whether you are a Democrat or a Republican. Don't let that bitterness be in your heart. They're not worth it. Right? Those are very silly stuff to get like a bitter with our life. There are more things more important than those things. Right? And and the thing is this, like this country is divided right now over silly stuff like that. This morning, if you have been bitter over any of those issues, I want you and me to get on our knees and ask God for forgiveness so he will remove the bitterness from our heart. This nation needs healing more than any time in the history of this nation. And we need to get on our knees, the Bible says, In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people were called by my name, humble themselves, seek my face, pray, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. We all have done injustice to somebody. And God is saying, if my people were called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He's not talking about the mayor of our city. He's not talking about the governor. He's not talking about the president of this nation. He's talking about my people who are called by my name. That's you and me will turn from their wicked ways and i will hear them from heaven i will forgive their sins and i will heal their land moses cried out to god the the water was bitter moses is crying out to god i really like the testimony this morning of like what miss katina said i don't know what i can do i could encourage my mom i can do like a things i can talk her through this i can do this i can do that but None of those things matter. I just went to God in prayer. I cried out to my God. She's not talking about just like a oh I wept. That's not what she's saying. Oh I clapped like a golf clap. No, she says like I was crying out to God. I was saying, God, help my mom. That's what Moses was doing. Sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is to forgive somebody. Hardest thing for us to do is to forgive somebody who don't deserve it. Hardest thing for us to do is to say, I forgive you when our pride intervenes and says that you don't. I really like that short film that we watched. This girl was going down this elevator. She's just like going so fast down. She's going down and that the elevator is going so fast down. There was just like a breaking of these wires that's causing so much of this, like uh, the fire and the burning and crackers and all those things. She's trying really hard to get out with her own help. She's not able to come out of what she's going through. She's going to school. She's not able to study. She's going to... You know the the friend's house she's she's not able to go in and do things she couldn't solve the problem she couldn't find where the money is to go to school. she couldn't find the money to eat she's not able to do everything she's stopping that she's stopping that when she's trying to get out until her father says, would you forgive me." I was the very first to talk she turns to look her father. This morning, my prayer is this. If there is something that is bothering you, there's somebody who bothered you, somebody who hurt you, I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord to open your spiritual eyes so he can give you peace. He can give you comfort. We can give you what you need for today. you really don't need any of these get help materials that the world is offering. what you need is to look at the cross because the Bible says that Moses saw the tree if your problem is hurting, don't see the problem look at the tree that has been hanging for over two thousand years where there was the redemption, where there was the blood that was shed for you and me. was already done. What you need to go through this morning, God is saying, look at the tree, because only tree can turn the bitterness away from your life. Look at the things that I have already done for you. Let not this bitterness overcome you. Let me help with the tree. Let me help in putting my tree upon your life. Let your heart be lightened this morning as you're listening to this. The last one is Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 24. It's talking about the two disciples. ...that were walking with Jesus. This is after Jesus was resurrected. And he's just like a going... ...and uh, these two disciples were walking with Jesus... ...and uh, as they were going, um, the, the Jesus was telling them about the story. Jesus was giving some explanation. And they were telling, oh, did you not know about this Jesus who was just crucified? And and he just like uh, raised up and they're giving all those answers... I mean, to this man, and he's just listening to all these things. And as they came near to the village, this is what the verse 28 says, when they came near to the village, Jesus looked as if he was going to go away because they insisted on him saying, abide with us, come, eat dinner with us. It's already late. Don't go. Spend the night with us. They urged him to stay with him at night. And as they were sitting down to eat at the table, when they were about to eat, he took bread, he blessed, and he broke it and gave it to them. The Bible says they, the, the Jesus was walking with them all the day. Throughout the entire day, he was walking with them. He was talking with them. He was explaining to them the things. But when he broke the bread, the Bible says their eyes were opened. And they knew him. They saw him. And Jesus was sitting in their midst. And Jesus could have revealed himself in the morning itself. When he started to walk with them, he could have said, I am Jesus, look at my hands, look at my nails, fierce hands. No. Jesus was trying to help them understand whatever. They didn't understand. He was teaching them the important truths behind what happened. It's not about the cross and the death and the resurrection. There's more meaning to it. He's explaining to them the messianic prophecies that has been written two, three, four, five thousand years ago. And why was the temple opened and why was the temple closed? He's talking about all kinds of things that these two men did not know. Sometimes God has to open our eyes to see how his presence in our life can reveal the things that we don't even know that is happening around us. And God, was, God is a mighty God who wants to teach us. God is in the business of restoring us. God's not interested in fixing our problem. God's in, interested in fixing us. There were two guys that were standing in the room. One of them can see the horses and the other didn't. It is because of the relationship that he had with God that just gave him the peace and calmness to look at the horse and the chariots. This morning, I talked about four things. I talked about Elisha and his servant and how when Elisha prayed for his servant, uh, to open his eyes, he saw how many of these chariots. More are with us than with them. He was finally able to see that. Then we looked at the second one, where the the, the whole thing about Hagar's life would have been underwritten and taken off from the Bible. The Bible would be perfectly fine without the Hagar story. But God has put the Hagar story right in the middle to show to us when injustice happened, he's not going to sit there and watch. And he opened the eyes of the mom because she was interceding for her son. Then we saw how Moses was able to see the wood, the tree that was right next to him. They were were there. Even before Moses came to that place, that stick, That stick that turns, that water of bitterness was right there. That tree would have been planted many, 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 many years ago in the desert. And the branches of that tree was there, right there, next to him, until God opened his eyes. He didn't see the tree. Today morning, God wants to open your eyes and my eyes to see how we can handle the hard lines of our life. And then last thing, he's out there to teach us in this journey about the important things. When we are ready, when we have learned the lessons, when we are running this marathon jamming, and if we don't learn, we are going to get extra laps right now until we understand what God has put us in this earth for sometimes God allows certain things to happen in your life and my life so that we can actually see what God is doing in your life and my life. I do not know which part of this message is critical for you. But one thing is for sure: certain. God is willing and able to open
6: a spiritual eyes. Brother Vince. Thank you, Brother Cyril, for this message directly from, from God, using you as a mouthpiece. Thank you. We learned today about our spiritual eyes. We learned today how we have blind spots. we we'll start out in first, Second Kings 6, where Elijah... Pray to God to have the servant's eyes opened. And this story, you told us this story a while back, years ago. It was so impactful that this story is even in the Old Testament and how the eyes were opened of that young man, that young servant boy and how imagine his life was changed forever from that moment. You and I think we're going through these issues and problems alone. No one understands. But that he's always with us. He sees the beginning and the end. He sees the 30,000 mile view from afar and he sees the whole picture on our behalf. But we don't. And that's why he has to reveal to us that we have blind spots. And we don't even know they're there. And then we, we learned about Uh, how God's fighting for us. He's at work for us. He's actually already executed the plan on the cross, and we forget. The God who we worship is at work. He's at work all the time, 24 hours a day. Is our burden so heavy and all-consuming that we don't see the chariots or the horses of fire surrounding you? The angels that are always with us. we learned about Hagar, who was a servant of Abraham and Sarah, and how she prayed because there was no water for her, for her child to have water, and that God sitting there watching the whole time, that her eyes were open. We learned about Moses. Moses cried out to God what to do with this bit of water with all these people looking at him and what to to do and what to say. And, And God revealed the solution right in front of him because his eyes saw a piece of wood to make that water sweet. Sometimes in this life, we hit that wall. We don't have the answers. We keep praying and praying and praying. But there's something there. There's something that God wants to reveal to us And only through the Holy Spirit will it be revealed. Do you have any hidden bitterness in your heart? No matter how small, God wants to deal with it. God wants to make us more like him. God wants to remove that bitterness. Any any resentment, any anger, no matter how small, cannot exist. God wants to remove it. We have to be willing to ask if we ask, he will reveal it to us and deal with that. So, because it affects everything else in our lives, from our marriage to our relationship with our families to the relationship with your coworkers, it is affecting all. And we can't go through our lives until that's until we're fully living in the promised land. And He wants to give us the peace, joy, and comfort. Teach us, Lord to turn to you so you can reveal that bitterness in our lives, the hidden blind spots, no matter how small. Thank you, amen. Sarah?
2: Amen. Lord God, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. we love, children, having received you in our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for me, the price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread, representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup representing your blood, poured out from a splintered cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spilled. In Jesus' name, we pray.
0: Amen, and as we prepare to take the communion this morning, I'm going to ask you, just like a how, those disciples, when they were sitting on the table and Jesus was breaking the bread, their eyes were open this morning, as we celebrate the communion as we read the night before when Jesus was crucified. He took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As we take this bread this morning, remember that God is willing to open our spiritual eyes. Go ahead. Take your breath. same way also he took the cup after supper saying this cup is a new covenant in the blood in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me let's take the drink Hallelujah.
1: The conference has been unmuted.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for for dealing with us today, dealing with what we need to hear today. Father, I pray even this morning as we look up to you, Father God, all the things that we came to this call with this morning, God, I just pray that you will just remove them from our bodies God, I just pray right now for all my brothers and sisters on this line. As we took your bread and as we took your drink, Father God, if there is anyone that is hurting themselves in their heart this morning, God, I just pray right now that you will touch the deeper most parts of their heart, Father God. God, the things that only you can do, Father God. God, the Bible says, if there is, so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Put your hand on your heart right now, wherever you are, because the Bible says the kingdom's righteousness flow through our hands. Go ahead, put your hand on your heart, because if your heart needs healing this morning, God is willing to open your spiritual eyes to heal your heart this morning. Father, we call you, I'm crying before you this morning, Father God, as our hands are touching our heart. Father God, let your kingdom's righteousness flow through our hands, into our hearts, Father God. You heal that heart, Father God. You bring and restore that heart, Father God. You bring the strength that is needed for that heart this morning, Father God. And we don't want to leave this place just like that woman who was holding on to your hem of your garment. We don't want to leave this place this morning, Father God. We want to be like a Moses, not wanting to leave the mountain. We don't want to go anywhere unless you touch a heart of ours this morning, Father God. And heal them completely. God, let the bitterness be removed. Father God, let there be a, a joy and happiness restored in our heart, Father God. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Open your mouth and ask God for touching your heart this morning because it is no good if we listen to a good word and not act upon it. Ask God to touch your heart this morning. When our heart is healed, our whole body will be healed. Mm -hmm. Healing of the heart as a connector with our body. If there is anyone on this line that is struggling this morning to forgive somebody, God, it is not easy to forgive somebody. God, open our spiritual eyes, God, and take away that bitterness from our heart. Take that bitterness out, Father God. God, this morning I pray that you will, Father God, just like those to disciples. Father, we are willing to listen to you. We are willing to listen to the Master's voice. Open our eyes to the things that we don't know. Just like what Jeremiah 3.33 says, call unto me, I will answer you and show you the things that you do not know. God, show us the things that we don't know this morning. But you, Father God, become real in our lives and take us through this journey. Father God, we are willing and ready to listen to the Master's voice this morning. We surrender ourselves into your mighty hands. God, you take the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, for your glory, amen. 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 Amen.
2: Amen.
5: Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Thank, Thank, Lord. Thank Lord. you. Thank you. Lord. Thank you, Hallelujah.
3: Thank you, Jesus. Thank
2: you, Lord. Thank you, God. Oh, God, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. And brothers and sisters, enjoy the rest of the day. May God be with you until we see each other next week. Yes. You all have an amazing day. Yes. You
2: too. Yeah. Amen. 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 Everybody have a blessed week. Amen. Have, a
3: morning, have a great one, everybody. Bye. Love you guys. Have a blessed day. Bye. A best week. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.